0: CHAPTER One, PRESENT DAY. CENTER FOR SETI RESEARCH, CALIFORNIA. E.T. PHONE EARTH, softly said the voice, partially muffled by a crude rubber mask covering its owner's head. The mask, which was originally a depiction of the Incredible Hulk, had been altered to look like an extraterrestrial. Two large white paper patches checkered with a black felt pin had been glued over the eyes, and two antennae made of popsicle sticks with styrofoam balls on the ends had been taped atop the head, so crudely that one antenna hung at a thirty-degree angle, ready to drop off at any moment. None of this concerned the man behind the mask, whose lips moved ever closer to his victim, a rather corpulent man sleeping on a tattered reclining chair on the verge of toppling over under his weight. "'Wake up, fatso!' he bellowed with sadistic glee. "'The alien invasion has begun!' The portly man woke up, and violently leaping from the chair with uncanny swiftness. "'I was just reflecting over the research data, Supervisor LePierre,' he reported almost mechanically. "'It's quite fascinating.' "'Perhaps, but not as fascinating as the gravity field generated by your fat ass,' was the sharp response." Humpty Dumpty sat on a chair. Humpty Dumpty had a great scare. All the aliens' laughter and all of their chants couldn't stop Humpty from pissing his pants. The heavy man turned toward the author of this degrading rhyme. "'You scared the hell out of me, Ted!' "'Better me than Lapierre." Ted snapped as he removed his mask, revealing a wide grin. "'Now put your phaser on standby and come and see this, Big Jim.' James never liked the nickname, but he tolerated it. After all, Ted was his best friend. Ted was his only friend. He and Ted had studied together and had been hired together five days before as scientific investigators for the Center for SETI Research, an illustrious organization whose primary mission was the search for extraterrestrial life in the universe. As they walked, Ted piqued James's interest with a curt remark. There's something there that wasn't there before. What's there? James followed Ted to his computer terminal while he searched his pockets for the remains of a candy bar. "'I'm reading a whole basket of electromagnetic transmissions,' replied Ted, with an expression that betrayed his consternation laced with a good measure of trepidation. "'There's a massive wave of about pi times fourteen twenty point four megahertz, with an amplitude of about three times the hydrogen line.' Life, James gasped, spitting out grossly chewed-up pieces of candy bar. A few landed on Ted's keyboard." "'There's more,' said Ted, pointing at the computer screen. "'We've got gamma radiation at ten to the twelfth power megahertz and an aggregated level of energy exceeding forty times ten to the eighteenth power joules. "'That's equivalent to the energy released from burning five hundred million gallons of gasoline,' pointed out James. "'I don't think we're looking at combusted fuel,' replied Ted, moving his finger across the data on the screen. "'Maybe an alien spaceship whose antimatter core exploded,' chuckled James." His humor had never been amusing to Ted, much less timely. Ted glanced at James with disapproval before returning to the data. The energy seems to be contained in an inverse tachyonic field, much like water in a pipeline. Gushing water, you mean, said James. The energy field and the electromagnetic signals are moving. Check out the frequencies. They appear to be increasing. Indeed they are, confirmed Ted. Classic display of the Doppler effect. Judging by the variations, velocity is well beyond... The speed of light? What the f—? Warp speed? Something else I've noticed, said James, in the lower bands. I read two sets of eleven signatures. Look at the pattern. You're right, Ted exclaimed. Harmonic waves. The fundamental tone of the first set is eight thousand fifty megahertz, with ten companion overtones. Integer multiples of the fundamental tone. The other bass tone is ten thousand seventy megahertz. What if they're combinations? James conjectured or intergalactic phone numbers.' "'If energy's being delivered to Earth from a different point of origin in the galaxy,' said Ted, thinking furiously, "'may be more accurate to compare them to points of departure and destination, like addresses.' "'Looks like the delivery's been made,' noted James. "'All signals have ceased.' Ted moved quickly. He began inputting instructions through his keyboard to the array of satellites orbiting the Earth. His manner was controlled, but frantic. If we hurry, we should be able to detect the effects of any release of energy greater than a million megajoules, in the atmosphere, mostly, with some residuals on the surface of the earth. Before he could establish the connection, Ted's computer froze, sending him into an utter frenzy. Not now! Please, God, not now!